So today we are going to talk about the new movie that everyone is raving about, Malcolm and Marie. And in watching this movie, I had to ask myself a bunch of times if Mac and I are Malcolm and Marie. So are we Malcolm and Marie? Well, I don't know. Find out. Watch this episode of Some Days Today and we'll discuss when we get there. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Some Days Today. My name is Bola Adina. And Mac Adina. Mac Adina. All, All right. right. So let's let's get started. Let's jump into it. Um, we are here to talk about uh, Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> um, I actually think Eminem. Oh, Eminem, yes. I actually think it's quite appropriate, given um, Valentine's Day is around the corner. Mm. Um, what I thought... Although, not really a love story. What they said something about it's not a. It's a, it's a it's a it's an exploration of love. Yeah, but he's. I think um, the director Sam Livingston said something specific like it's not a love story. It's a, it's a story about love. It's a story about love. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a love story. It's a story about love. Yeah. Anyways, um. Okay, so so let's just get started. So we um I don't have HBO. I don't watch much of much TV. Um, so I didn't know if there was any sort of buzz. You don't watch much um, other kinds of TV. You watch Ratchet. Um, no, I'm just saying recently. When was the last time you saw me watching TV? I haven't watched TV. In like, like I haven't turned on TV to watch anything in two weeks sure. or so. Um, but I was even saying I don't watch the news. So if there was any sort of lead up. You know, because apparently this movie has been out for two weeks now yeah. in movie theaters. So people have had some time to watch it, digest it, you know, respond to it. Whoever apparently, goes to theaters these days. Yeah, yeah. And apparently. didn't hear. And actually, I found out about it yesterday. Yeah. That's, when, that's when I. Yeah. No, I, I knew. I found out about it on Netflix the day before yesterday when it was doing the promo. You know, what's going to be available starting tomorrow. So I was like, oh, it's Zendaya. And um, what's Denzel's son's name? John David Washington. John David Denzel's Washington. Denzel's son. <laughs> That's what you need to know. I did for say all that. the people who grew up with Denzel, I mean, the younger kids are probably going to be like, okay, John David Washington. Everybody, oh, they're going to be like, who's Denzel? Is, <laughs> <laughs> no, they want, I mean, Denzel's the last name. They're going to be like, what you mean? Um, no, Washington is the last name. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, who's Denzel? <laughs> yes. But. Denzel, exactly. um, but it's funny because we were talking about how this man is going to have a tough road ahead of him shaking the Denzel son sort of um, association. Because I, I don't even bother trying to figure out his name because I just, in my mind, it, the placeholder is Denzel's son. So I apologize. I'm going to actually um, learn the name. John David Washington. Yeah. Who has done, I mean, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. I actually, to be honest with you, I, I haven't liked so much in anything else I've seen. I mean, it's not, not I, like I haven't liked him is not precise. I would say I haven't thought he he did a stellar Brilliant. job, yeah, of like bringing out all the acting capabilities. Like he's what I know him best for is that uh, show Ballers. He was oh, on yeah, Ballers, yeah, yeah. He was on Ballers with the Rock and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I like that's just like a little, that's lightweight stuff. It's fun stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so he hadn't. 
he hadn't been in anything that I thought, you know, that was that great. He did also the, the Spike Lee joint um, where he was the Klansman. Um, the Klansman. Clans, Black Klansman. Yeah, Black Klansman. Um, I didn't really think that was. I just didn't enjoy that movie. That yeah, so. Not that I didn't like his acting. I just didn't enjoy the movie. Um, it's just there. I wasn't like, oh, there's nothing. To, it wasn't remarkable acting. Okay. It's like whatever. However, so we're here to talk about Malcolm and Marie. So um, in setting the stage, the point is, I didn't know if there was any hype around it. Whatever critique has been out for the past two weeks, I had no idea. So we missed. But we saw it on Netflix yesterday and we decided, let's watch it. Um, so saw it yesterday. And I don't think we talked much um, about it until we got sort of well. It, you know what? Let's set the stage for what the movie is about. So do you want to do a summary of what? The, the movie's about Malcolm and Should Marie. We? Well, I guess if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet, um, then, you know, spoiler alert. No, don't different. do a spoiler. Don't do spoilers. Let me just do a, a high-level overview. What it is, is a story. It's a um, it's a black couple. Um, the woman is played by Zendaya, and the guy is played by um, John David um, Washington, <laughs> um, who is Denzel's son. And you the scene opens with them coming back from a play or a movie that premiere. A, a movie premiere that Denzel's that John David Washington's um character Malcolm. what yes oh Malcolm the, the Malcolm name is the character's yes. name Malcolm that he had just uh, previewed and it was getting rave reviews. Well, no, they were waiting for the reviews. That's precisely it. He was anticipating right. the reviews. They were getting, He was anticipating the reviews, but he felt like it was well-received. Sure. So Malcolm's character came in like on a high. Like The scene opens with him just being so excited. He's screaming. He's really excited about you know just to, um, having premiered his movie, and he feels like it's going to be well-received, and he's waiting for the reviews to come out. Um, and... Then you also see his girlfriend, wife, or his love um, object, um, and she's in that scene with them. So the, the rest of the movie unfolds, and you find out more about them as they um, go on this journey of um, exchange conversations between the two of them. So, yeah, I guess we will probably have to do some spoiler alerts. Uh, because of because of what we're going to talk about. Personally, I feel like there's a level of um, spoiler every time you read about what the plot is about. Yeah. Because I had no idea what this whole, the whole thing. And, you yeah. Know, that, we that went could, into it. Yeah. I, had, I, I didn't read anything about it. it just I, other than the trailers, which didn't really tell you much about you know what who they were. I didn't even see the trailer to be honest. So I yeah. had no idea. I mean, the trailer from Netflix. That's how you knew about it, right? I didn't see the trailer. I saw a picture of two black people and figured, this <laughs> <laughs> looks like a good movie. <laughs> I saw a picture of two black people played by, you know, as depicted by Zendaya and John David. John David. I don't know. I'm okay. sorry. I keep two thinking. Two of the apostles. John, okay. John David. John Wait, David. Is David an apostle? I feel like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no, there's no, no David. But David no, David did fight Goliath. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> this we're not gonna be playing. We're not gonna be pulling cards here in terms of our religious um, trivia. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Um, <laughs> Just, John, he got two Jewish names. That's all we know. 
Okay. Okay. Is John and John and David are Jewish names? Well, I, see, there you go. You you don't know. I mean, John would have to be, wouldn't it? Like, I mean, way back then, there was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Weren't they all Jewish? See, once again, you're asking know. questions. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to these things. But, anyways, um, yeah. So the movie is generally um, it's it's there's a um, there's a lot of content. Um, they're talking a lot. There's a lot of dialogue, I guess is the word I was looking for. So it's a lot of, it's dialogue heavy. Um, and through the exchange of dialogue, you get to find out more about them, the state of their relationship, their history, and their love for each other. So I guess let me just stop there and just to ask what were your thoughts. Specifically with what? Just the movie. Just the movie. Okay, so I mean, there's a lot. Um, you know, clearly, Mr. Livingston was trying to do something that was artistic in the way that he, you know, and whenever you have a movie that's very dialogue heavy, you know, it either it, it you either do a really good job of it or you don't because it has to rely entirely on the dialogue and the acting. And, yes, the delivery. The delivery from the, of um, the actors. Uh huh. Absolutely. Um, and there's some artistic about it, obviously, because we talked about, well, man, I've mentioned this, it's all in black and white. Mm-hmm. And then the cinematography is how he was in the beginning, but also throughout the film, like showing you the characters from the windows, outside of the windows, because they were in a nice little home, too. Um, so I think, you know, the backdrop was also very, very interesting, too. And then they talk about you know, initially they start talking about politics and not just initially, but like throughout the show, the conflict for the director from um, Malcolm's character was the idea of being uh, always identified with his race when he wanted to, you know, grow past that. Like, um, I guess um, he thought he was beyond just his race. Mm-hmm. And he felt like his art was universal. Yeah, yeah. Not just... or should be seen as universal. And he thought mm-hmm. it was racist that he was always being compared um, you know, he was always there was always some kind of association with race with him, and, and, and that limited him. In any case, there's that that you know, but but I think ultimately, you know, the like he was also trying to argue it's not just about um, you know a black couple; it's about a couple that is struggling with insecurities, with resentment, with um, um, codependencies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, trying to navigate that and, you know, definitely passionate and having been through a lot together and hurt each other and still feeling like they need each other mm-hmm. type of thing. And so, um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. The other thing that I want to say about the movie is it's, it's, it's long. It's, it's actually it's not, not even long. that long. It's an hour and 40, but it felt true. long. It felt long because um, it's just two people. And I felt like they also repeated the same arguments over and over and this is not like it doesn't happen in real life but definitely not throughout the course of one night it was like they came home and then they argued and they argued and they were supposed to you know get into get intimate have sex at some point but they at just every never... point it was like <laughs> we just ain't gonna do that let's go back to some more arguing it's like i feel like even if that does happen it's typically you know what i'm arguing we're going to our own separate rooms or whatever, or I ain't going. I'm done arguing. Let's get this thing popping. Nah, you know no, no. I actually felt like the movie was very relatable, and and so 
So let me just say, because the question was, did you like the movie before? What, what, I, thought what it was done, I thought it was done well. I thought, it, thought was it was done, done well. well. Okay. I liked the movie. It was too long. It could have been cut a lot shorter, and they don't need, it's not necessary that it goes for an hour and 46 minutes. I think gotcha. they could have taken some parts out. They just kept, you know, rewinding and repeating. Gotcha. Um, I thought the movie was well acted. The dialogue was amazing. Um, the content was just beautiful. Just the topic that they were grappling with, you know, and we can talk about that. I thought it was just such a beautiful content because you don't really see love portrayed um, from such an angle, but it's so common and so relevant. So I will say halfway into this movie, because from the minute um, they got into it, you could tell that there's a connection. They have a connection. Um, they have a love, an intense type of love um, for each other. And um, even their exchange, you know, what they talk about, they can talk about all sorts of topics and go in and out of different um, dimensions quite frequently and um, easily. To me, it was very relatable. So from the beginning, I felt like, oh, I could see ourselves. I could see us in them. Um, you know, even them coming back, he's excited. You know, she's trying to make him dinner. Um, I could see us in them. And then as they started arguing, <laughs> it became actually somewhat uncomfortable because I could then really see us in them. I Our really. Yes, our past selves. Yes, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. However, and, and I don't know, you and I didn't talk about this until maybe the end, you know, but I'm just watching it and I'm seeing this um, really toxic exchange going on between the two of them. But it's the toxicity is um, enveloped um, um, in between, like just deep love and passion for each other which is what made you want to root for them, um, you know, and, and what made it easy to to watch, for, you know, for me, because I was just hoping that they could resolve it. Um, but it was very intense and, and, and very toxic. It's a very toxic exchange. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, I think, you know, in an hour and 40 minutes, that was all you got was just a bunch of toxic exchange of um, love, emotion, past wrongs, trying to hurt each other, etc. Um, the reason why I um, I was a little disturbed by it is because of how close to home it hit, and that's really what you know. I want us to sort of center our conversation around not mainly us, but just toxic codependent relationships in general, you know, which is what this highlights, right? Um, and your, your, what you said earlier in terms of people don't argue for this long. Um, I, you and I have argued for like hours on end, you know, where we can go on and on spinning around the same topic and picking out nuances and it can go several out, not even several hours. It can go six, seven, eight hours on the same. That's a work day, please. Six, seven, eight hours. No, um, definitely have not happened for six, seven, eight hours. I could definitely. So there's no question that has been long. But what I here's what I think happens. It's typically when it blows up to that level, because we can go nuances. But when it blows up to that level, you're either going to be like, all right, separate corners, and then there's no more conversation for that night, or it's going to be if they've gotten what I was talking about more specifically is 
they kept on freaking getting to the point where, mm-hmm. okay, we reconcile, let's get intimate, and then mm-hmm. it's like, let's. And then the no, I don't again. think that we do that. No, we definitely don't what do the that. Hell? No, we don't do that. But I was talking more about just the duration of it, just how long and repetitive the conversation can get. Um, you know, and we could even leave and you know start text texting each other, or we <laughs> used to, and then send emails, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then phone calls. Like when somebody leaves, let me call you back, and because you're trying to like tease out the nuances. So the idea that converse um, arguments don't go on for this long, and the reason why I wanted to call this out is because Again, I listened. Say it, it wasn't it. That it was repetitive. It yeah, yeah. Enjoyment. And it's not to say that we, we don't. Re- again, I also said it's not to say that we don't repeat the same things. What I want again, the focus was on we're done here, and then let's go back. Right. Yeah, you're saying you don't see that we would be close to reconciling and be ready to get intimate, and then it's like, yeah. But then again, <laughs> one more thing. No, we don't. Yeah, yeah it's it either not goes exact. all the way left. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like, there's no way you're coming back to being intimate. Yeah. Because it's just escalating, escalating, yeah, yeah. escalating. And but you. to me, to me, it may not be that, um, it may not um, um, unfold exactly that way with us. But a similarity that I've seen in the past with us is um, how, you know, we could um, settle one aspect of the argument. And then, you know, somebody says something or, or in trying to resolve it, a word or a phrase is out of space, you know, and then it opens up another can of worms. So I think that's what the director was trying to convey. Obviously, he wanted to do it over the course of one night. And if you think about it, you know, for them in that night, maybe it happened over three, no, two hours or so, which is very reasonable for, you know, an argument to take place for for that long. But, um, But I think that's probably what he was trying to convey. Anyways, the point is, um, in watching it, I just felt like, oh, my God, this is so toxic. However, you could tell that these two really love each other, but they're so intertwined and are sort of just, um, you know, they've put their hopes and dreams um, onto each other and expecting the other to deliver in a way that, you know, they're not able to either meet the expectations or they're misunderstanding what those expectations are um, that they want for each other. So it just becomes a very difficult um, cycle for them to get out of, which was, um, you know, kind of heartbreaking, you know, very toxic and heartbreaking. But um, but I thought yeah. it was a very good movie. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so okay, there's a lot of thoughts, obviously. Um, so, you know, this is Some Days Today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not necessarily doing just a review on the movie, but trying to relate it to what we like to talk about. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is what I felt like we learned, um, having been in this position, um, you know, and are continuing to learn is the concept of core values mm. and how that applies to everything that you do. Because it's really like when we went to our boot camp, because things were really, really bad right? to that camp. level, marriage yeah. boot camp, to, to that kind of level. Because what, what was happening with them is something like like we've already said we can identify with is the hurt that you feel that somebody has, like, um, you know, touched a button. You know, yeah. something is like you you got your armor all around it and somebody has said something or behaved in a way 
that makes you feel a level of insecurity. And then you are then feeling not just even a level of insecurity, maybe like past history, all this, you know, these wounds that are just like, um, you know, that, that is uh, just built up over time. And somebody has said that something. That you haven't healed. That you haven't the healed. biggest part of it. Right. Yeah. And then somebody says something to. to Rush like, up against them. Yeah. Pick at that. And then you then now feel like you feel a sense of like um, unresolved. Like, you know, you, I'm, I'm here. I'm indignant about the way that you've done whatever it is that you've done. Mm-hmm. And I need you to feel exactly what it is that I felt. Yeah. And that's what they were doing. It was like, okay. Once I've now gotten that off, I feel a sense of relief. Yeah, now I've, I've made you feel hurt. Now, you know, the other side is now feeling that hurt. It's like, I got to, you know, transfer that energy right back to you. And so it's the back and forth and what was happening. And um, what I what we learned from um, going to the boot camp is like all of the time, and this is why the nuances can be argued ad infinitum, like um, forever, um, is because everyone is coming from it. Like you don't realize everybody's coming from it from their own perspective. And there's no right. You know, there is no true right because it's like, here's how I would like things to be. Well, here's how I would like things to be. If you start from your own premise, you're going to, your logic is going to lead you to wherever it does. And so um, when you start to realize that it's about yourself, and we talked about this on other um, episodes, but when you re- talk realize that it's about yourself and that you don't have to feel devalued by whatever it is that somebody is brushing up on, then that's when you can behave in accordance with how you would actually want to behave if you were feeling mag- like if you were feeling secure. Yeah. Now you you don't like if you go back and you, you and you think about some of the things that this man has said to her. And the things that she I mean, said back to vicious. him. Like, it was vicious. like, wow. Like, why would vicious. you say that? And, and let's be clear. I know that there's shit that we say to each other that was, like, vicious as well. Yeah, we've gotten like, vicious. We, yeah, trying yeah. to hurt each other. Yeah. And, you know, when you look back at it, it's like, that's not who you want to be. That's yeah. not how you want to behave. And the only reason you're not behaving that way is because you're not acting within your own core values. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, is readily seen when the two people are um, intimate with one another and they live with one another. But it's something that that needs to be understood for any type of relationship that you have, because you can because you feel some sort of hurt and you don't recognize that behave in a way that's not in accordance with your own values. So, yeah, I I, I agree. And and I have three points to say. to that. Number one, you saying that's not who you want to be when you're saying these hurtful things. From my experience, you know, because I know I've said some pretty shitty, hurtful things to you. Um, But I know when I look back on it, when I look back on it and I think about it, I don't even, you know, you you say things, it's a mindset thing, you know, which um, they also discuss in boot camp. You know, when someone has done you wrong, number one, just as you said, Mac, you want to transfer that negative energy onto them because you're like, well, you hurt me so deeply. Now I've got to figure out a way to hurt you. So a lot of times the things that you're saying don't necessarily reflect what you believe about that person. You're just looking to hurt because they have hurt you. And I think it's important to... um, you know, being on the receiving end or maybe when you're looking to heal and move past, because I know that's also what inhibits um, 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 growth or even just healing 
because people are hanging on so deeply to what was said. You know, this is what you said. So you must really feel it when, no, you're just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out ways to hurt you, you know, as much as possible. There's not to say that there aren't some um, hints of truth in what is being said, but I don't think those truths um, reflect, um, you know, the true reality of how you see this person, if that makes sense. You know, um, you know, true love is loving someone in their totality. You know, you, you love the good, the bad, the ugly. You want it all. You know, I want all of this. So someone calling out just the ugly, making it seem as if it's repulsive to them, is actually not a true reflection of reality. Because if they truly love you, they love. They just see this. Well, I guess that's what some. That's that's a nuance to you that you do, you know what I mean? And but I love you in totality, so I accept you for all of that, and I wouldn't change you, um, you know, necessarily um, in that regard. So that's the first point. I don't think you know we need to hang on so tightly to what people say when you get into the space of healing, because that definitely keeps you from moving forward. And I know you and I. I mean, we can talk about how we will pull cards from ten years ago. I remember when you said that, which is pointless, you know. Um, so that's that. And then the second thing is, you know, what you said as well. Hurt people hurt people, you know. So sometimes as well, uh, and, and I think I, I guess that's akin to what I said earlier in point number one in that, you know, you don't necessarily need to focus so much on what's being said because they're just looking to hurt you. But the second thing is, if you do not heal yourself, if you don't spend time healing yourself, if and if you have... So many um, things, like like you were mentioning, they're, they're, you know, there are insecurities that you have pockets of things that you don't want people touching on. If those things become so many that it makes it difficult for people to even walk, you're constantly going to be getting hurt. And when you're hurt, then it makes it compulsory for you to hurt other people because you feel like people are coming at you. So the biggest thing really is to heal yourself in the wounds that you have as opposed to guarding them against other people. You know, because naturally we're going to say things inadvertently to disrupt some things that you're looking to protect. Um, and if you haven't spent that time to really work on yourself, it's going to be a very vicious cycle. And that's what I knew that I had to do. Like part of what we learned from um, um, boot camp, you just got to focus on yourself. Focus on yourself and answer to yourself in terms of, why certain things are hurting you. And if somebody does something that you feel really upset about, you need to really analyze why that is. What about um, that thing is making you upset? And then lastly, which is along the lines of, um, you know, what I talked about, insecurities. Um, a lot of times relationships are really stifled by individual insecurities that we have about ourselves. You know, we could be doing better. I should be doing this. Someone is doing better in this relationship. And what does that mean? Is that going to affect how you see me, etc.? So I think insecurities are also some things that we need to look for in ourselves and what we're bringing to relationships. They all those three points tie in together. But I just wanted to separate them because I think it's important to be able to break it down if you're looking to have a healthy relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'm going to pick up from the insecurities part, but also, like you said, everything ties together in the idea of, you know, people, the other side saying something that they don't truly even really think. I, I think, I think the one, when they say something they don't truly really think, personally, I think that's, that's, that's obvious. Like somebody will call you 
You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, no, well, you, you're you're gay, whatever. I mean, you say something like like that when you know clearly you know. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's those things that that I think that have an element of truth, and they may you know you've left hints that you know whether it's something that that person knows is um you know something that you're um that that can push your buttons you know having to do with your manhood not just necessarily your gay or whatever but um you know your manhood in terms of or you're being able to provide or you're being able to um do something or you're you you know for a woman maybe if they have children it's like you know you're being a mother or whatever the case may be and so there are certain things that i think the other side may have and it's their own preferences right a lot of the time it's like this is how i would like you to behave because that's another thing that we talked about is like sometimes you want this person to behave this way yeah and they're not doing it and you want that level of control so you're you know picking at it and because that's also touching on something that that person is insecure about now they're like saying to themselves oh this person doesn't see me this way and I think the reason why this can be, you know, this type of issue, these types of issues can be extrapolated to other types of relationships is precisely because when somebody, you know, says something that you yourself have an issue with, you now have got to come in, like you were saying, and say one of two things. One is, you know, okay, I realize that I have an issue with this. Should I have an issue? Is this something I really want to become better at? Is this something that I feel like is my own value? Should I be doing this? If it is and it's hard, you got to now say, okay, today I'm taking the steps to changing that. If it isn't and you're just sitting here because you don't want to look in a, cer- a certain way to somebody else, you need to be like, that's not me and be okay with it. Now, that's not going to necessarily um, you know, satisfy the other person who's trying to control you, but that's that's where they have to focus on themselves. And that's the big piece. Everyone in every relationship has to focus on what they can do um, within themselves in order to a, either a not feel um, at issue with something somebody else is doing to to them, or, or or not to them. Something somebody else is saying that may impact them because of their own insecurity, or or something somebody else is doing for themselves that you want to take control of because you don't have to have a person behave in a certain way. You go and do whatever it is that you want to do. And and so I do think that that um you know that there a lot of times that there is some some things that is true about it. The issue from my perspective is that the other person who's receiving it is now saying to themselves that that way that you see me, I cannot have it. Mm-hmm. And I cannot have yes, yeah. I cannot have you seeing me this way because I need you to see me in all positive lights. And the thing is, you have to accept either that um, I'm I'm just good. You could see, I'm, like, you know, again, like if, for example, there are certain things that you don't mind somebody looking at you and thinking this is how you are, even if sometimes it, it may be, you know, in some circles it may be derogatory. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to be like, okay, I'm good with that. And or I'm not good with that. Okay. I'm going to go and change that. I, I we can all change. You're, this is not a permanent thing. I this for me, I want to be better at, and that's that's the issue. It's because we're not doing that because instead we want to control. Mm-hmm. We want to say I want to be how I am, but I don't want you to see me yeah. in the way that you see me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. It's also um, sort of just taking a lazy approach to our brand, really is what it comes across as, if you think about it. Um, it's wanting the adoration, the adulation, the positive, you know, um, sort of, um, what, what's the word, the, the positive goodwill, you know, built into how people would see you. But, you know, if you're not the type of friend who wakes up in the middle of the night to pick up the phone when your friend calls you, they're not going to see you like that. They may see you as the happy-go-lucky, fun person, and you have to be okay with that. If you want to be the person who, you know, people call in the middle of the night, then you need to put in work yeah. in that regard. You, you yeah. know, so you need to un also understand what is the brand. You know, what am I looking to um, bring into this relationship as, you know, um, you know what I'm adding. And those things you have to know and be comfortable with and then the things that you're not, you either want to improve in those areas or just choose to because you can't do everything. Um, so, yeah, that those are things that I'm also realizing, particularly around relationships. Um, you know, I mentioned that one of the key areas that I'm looking to explore growth in this year is in relationships because I want to be better at them. So I know that generally speaking, I don't I'm not great at relationships relationship building um so i'm trying to be better at it um but yeah that's the that, that that's a great point um so then i guess that leads me to um you know there's so many things that i have down here but the notion of codependency we can quickly explore it though um because that is what's at the heart of their relationship right it's uh they're codependent to for um on each other um he needs her for his art Right. And she needs him to need her so that she can actually feel like she is doing something beyond being a scared, basic person who's too fearful of going after their dreams. So I think they both needed each other for their successes. And so you said the heart of their relationship. I, I would say it's the heart of their resentment, and the resentment is a big part of their relationship, other than the love um, mm -hmm. that is there. And I and I could see that. And I think again, the way the way that we could bring this to the concept of of some days today, and 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 you know finding successes and everything is, I think when this is not always the case. There are a lot of um, relationships that you know the guy and the girl are just living separate lives. He's pursuing his career. Maybe she's at home or maybe she's pursuing a career. They're like the two sh twins you'll never meet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But definitely in our relationship and clearly in their relationship, there is what you said, you know, the codependency with respect to their careers as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is resentment because the idea is I want to get to a certain place and or, you know, you're supposed to be assisting me in getting to that place. and You haven't you haven't met your end of the of the deal. Mm -hmm. And I do think that it's both ends. I think sh she's saying, you know what? We're in this together. You're supposed to be bringing me along. But she's also saying, you know what? Um, you could not do, like, you could not be on your own. Mm -hmm. You Like, you would not reach any level of success if you... If you were... If, if I was not there... If you, we weren't together. If, not only if, if we weren't together... Because clearly, it's, if if you, if we weren't together, but if I were not there, you would be lost. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you would be lost. In this, like you need me to get your validation. You need like you're 
because one time she said, you're the most neediest person, but the most um, not jealous. Because mm. she was trying to make a point where you need me to be like, here's how things are. Here's like, I'm coming in and, and basically shoring you up. The other point of the jealousy was basically like, you don't really like me. You don't really love me. You just need me because I'm the person who allows you to actually be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then, um, so I think in that sense, she believes, and I think he also believes that he needs her um, in that way too. But he also, like his resentment was, don't, don't you be, don't blame me for where you are because you need to be just as, um, passionate just as relentless just as you know um as i am because i'm i'm not willing to just sit there and wait like you gotta show me you want it just as bad much as i'm showing i want it mm-hmm. you know you um put in the work you alone have to put in the work and not wait for me to drag you along yep and yeah. and you know that that may mean that may mean that um you know, I'm not going to go in, like you said, I'm not going to drag you. I'm not going to be like, are you ready now? If you don't seem to be ready, I'm going. Yeah. Um, you know, and so and so she he's in his mind, he you know, he's um thinking that the, the codependency on her part is that she is relying on him mm-hmm. to bring her along. Yeah. When she is like, you need to go do it on your own. And so like that is the kind of thing that's causing resentment. You're not giving me what I want. I'm not getting what I want from you, you know, and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, it manifests itself in different ways for different people. But I could definitely that's one of the things that you know I think resonated with us is just like we do see ourselves as um, as partners in, yeah. in this in this career thing. Yeah. So but not even so much career. I would say life. Yeah. 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 This life thing, this which life then thing, but spills into career. every aspect yeah. of our existence you know where we i remember when we went to um um counseling and uh, you know the lady who was our counselor marriage counselor was like wow y'all are so intertwined you need to go figure out how to live separate lives and i remember thinking well that's a dumb idea (laughs) Why would we do that? It's called marriage, lady. I mean, why we? I just need you to tell this man how to communicate with me so that we can keep it moving. Like, I don't really understand what you're talking about. Go live separate lives. But it took a while to really understand that. And I think this may happen because she also said that, you know, this happens and she sees it a lot of times when people get together at a very young age. So your formative years you've spent together, you spent your early relationship dreaming together. You know, this is what we want our lives to be, our relationship to be. This is what the future is going to look like. So now that the future is here, how you've seen it in your mind has um, sort of played out over and over for so long. Now you need that reality to be true when she says, really, the key is to go rediscover yourself. Go and go find go find out who you are as an individual and who you want to be and be able to stand on your own. And he needs to do the same thing. And then you guys can come together and maybe redefine what the the interactions and the relationship could be moving forward. Um, which is so true because that's exactly what it was. You know, we had sort of just been so intertwined everything for so long that we just got to a point where we were tied up in a knot and couldn't figure out how to get out of it. Um, and we had to mentally sort of shift into the mindset of, okay, I need to understand what, who I am as an individual. 
um, and then start to build that up um, for myself and then same with you, which is why, you know, some of the experiences that we started having outside of each other, you know, new friendships, experiences, travelings, relationships, they were so important because I felt like we needed to rediscover who we were as individuals and be able to stand on our own um, without feeling the resentment of um, being abandoned by the other person. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably, this probably applied more to you and your, um, you know, fighting your own desires and goals and, and, and things of that nature. Um, for me, I'm trying to see what it was. I, I don't know if it was necessary because I don't know that I, uh, I don't know that I um, ever felt like I need, I mean, clearly we were codependent and, and, and um, still, still are, is, still are to a I don't know if you're codependent. Um, what do you mean? We're just in love. <laughs> so you so, would say we're so codependent? Yeah, I think so. Oh, so Lord. Um, so we so need to be back in counseling. No, I mean, that, that, I don't think codependency is the problem. And that's the point that I'm saying. Like, I think, personally, I think what we're doing is figuring out how to manage it better. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think codependency itself is a problem. You should have a partner. You should have somebody who, you know, is helping you. And if that person is also your life partner, that's a great thing. I think the issue is more around the idea of putting the blank, the weight on somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, this is your job to do. This is your responsibility. Like, it's like, no, um, if you are willing to be there to support, great, I'm, let's move, move it. But the responsibility is always on you. Yeah. Like, what is it that you want to do? If that person wants to do it as well, perfect. Now let's move in, in concert. If that person doesn't, it's still on you. Like, you got to know what you want to do that may not be the same as what the other person wants to do. Right. Um, and I think that's where it is that I, I felt like you moved to um, you, uh, decide, you know what, here's what I want to do with my life. You, you quit your job. You started doing your, your own thing. I personally, you know, I'm willing to go along with you with a lot of the things that you do, because I think there's a lot of things that we share in common, that we like to do in common. Um, you know, some days today is one of those things. We also like to do business together, um, you know, and so. And raise these kids. <laughs> Somebody, well, when we, when we are doing that, somebody uh, got to raise, when they're not raising themselves. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing, but, but ultimately it's like, okay, well, wherever it is that we don't uh, agree, you keep it moving. I keep it moving to where I want to go. Yeah. So it, that's how it works. And I think that's good. And I think that's a great point. That is such a great point because it's the, so codependency, you're right. I will um, absolutely sort of concede to that. May not, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know, but it may not be all that bad, but I would refer to whatever you defer to whatever your psychologist says. Oh, your marriage therapist says, but I think for us though, um, how it showed up and how it was showing up for Malcolm and Marie is really just the, the idea of blame, you know, blaming the other person for um, either where you found yourself in life or feeling like they need to be responsible for some sort of emotion you may be feeling at a particular moment or picking you up if you're not feeling strong. You, you, you're you blaming them for a lot of the things that you should be um, assigning to yourself you know, the responsibility for what you should be assigning to yourself. So, and I think that's the nature of relationships in general. You know, we, we find ourselves in marriages, you know, friendships, 
whatever the relationship is. And because we found someone who loves us mm-hmm. and cares for us, like I actually really want to get into that. Um, what uh, she had said. No, no. What the, there's a love component, which um, we'll talk about. It was actually what he said. But um, but the point is, because we found someone who loves us. Similar to our parents growing up, now we are happy to relinquish our responsibilities for managing our emotions to them. If I feel bad, well, you probably did something to make me feel bad. If I feel um, not as um, valued, you know, I need you to say something to make me feel better. You know, it's, it's basically constantly looking to the other person to play a role in your emotions, your feelings, and if they are not playing that role well enough, then you're going to blame them for, for something. So, yeah, I, I think that, for, I know for me, that was a huge um, part of our relationship. And, you know, it had to do with all sorts of things, you know, feeling, well, if you truly love me, you would, you know, show up in this way. Um, you would say these things, you would do certain things. So I, I think a lot of us, and we, I still see it in friendships as well. Some of the friendships that I have, there is, um, you know, um, there are times when you are ascribing certain responsibilities to those relationships that yeah. they may not be able to withstand. And not, I think it's not just relationships. It's everything. Like, the yeah. truth is that there is, and this is one of the topics that I want to get because I'm reading a book on my mindfulness in plain English, is that a lot of times, you know, you're not really truthfully seeing what's at the root of Blame is a huge thing. Because it's it's a it's not relationship. It's a way to make your all we're doing is trying to make ourselves feel feel better, feel better. and yeah. it may not necessarily be long term. Like these are bandages that we are putting. Whether it's um wh- wh- whether it's because we're not in our core values, we're like oh my god, stop, 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 stop. You know, trying to make somebody else stop the issues that we have, mm-hmm. or once that issue come in and say it's your fault for doing it, it's just us taking it away from ourselves to say, mm-hmm. you know what, don't feel bad right now. It's not you, you know, it's them. It's them. Yeah. And we do that everywhere because mm-hmm. we don't want to feel good. And that's a temporary relief. But the next time somebody brushes up against it again, here it goes right back in it. And the truth is you've got to figure out how for you not to, for that not to be an issue. It either is not something you care about, so you're not going to work on it, or it is, in which case you get better. And you know, in the meantime, you will get better. And it won't be an issue anymore, so you don't have to worry about it. And then when it isn't an issue anymore, then you don't have to worry about it because now you'll recognize that somebody, you know, that does whatever it is that you wanted to do. And that's what it is. Like, you got to figure that out um, and stop blaming yeah. because the blame is precisely what prevents you from actually um, getting forward. And a lot of times that's yourself as well. Like, and that's the um, thing that I think um, needs to be said as well is that it starts first with you blaming yourself yourself. that's the shame that's the shame the shame yeah shame shame. and blame yeah Yeah. you feel ashamed for either not and now you got to transfer now you got to figure out how to transfer it because your brain quickly you know um and i tell these kids this all the time whatever it is you're feeling that's just what your brain is serving up at the moment to make you feel good about the situation. But in the next moment, your brain can have a completely opposite um, stance. Like an instance, this is what I tell them. You know, you guys are so busy 
trying to prove to each other who's the smartest. Oh, I'm so smart. I'm so smart. I'm the, you know, so your your brain is sitting here trying to make you feel like, oh, no, you're the smartest person in this room. But then when it comes to something, you know, either someone else has done it or someone is asking you to do something, you're quick to say, oh, no, I can't do that. I, 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 can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know. No one can do this. But then if you say, well, somebody else has done it. Well, I don't know how to do it. So how could you be as smart as you're professing to be in one second and the next second, you're the dumbest part. You can't figure it out. You know what I mean? Like your brain serves up whatever it wants in that moment to make you feel good. It's either making you feel good or it wants you to not think too much. You know, um, we, we're not trying to go figure out um, the um, calculus of something. Your brain is going to be like, no, just stay put. Just tell them you can't do it. I can't do it. It makes no sense. No one can, no one can do this, you know? So it's exactly right. The, the solutions our brains are serving up are situational. But the shame that we start to feel is really coming from, I think, our higher self. You know, so while we haven't sort of performed to the level that we know we can perform to or whatever it is. Right. You know, you haven't been you know, you're upset that your career is not going the way it should be going or, you know, your relationships are not where they should be. Whatever you whatever is at the root of that shame, there's something higher that's calling you to do better. I think that, and when you're not, when you're failing yourself, um, and whatever is at the root of how you're failing yourself, you have to figure it out. But when you're failing yourself in those moments, the shame is is what results from it, I yeah. think. And so I, Sam Livingston, who did this... Um, Levinson? Levin, Livingston or Levinson? Levinson. Levinson, um, who did this, also does Euphoria. And mm -hmm. I, we had another episode on that special... Um, uh, on Euphoria, the special episode with um, Zendaya. What's her character's name? I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. um, but Rue. Rue, Rue yes. Um, and, you know, again, like this guy, I think he must either have been an alcoholic or he's or dealt maybe a with black it. man in his past life. Well, I don't know about all that. Because <laughs> how is he able to get these things so? How is he able to do it so well? Yeah, right. but you know, again, see, now you're sitting here doing exactly what um, uh, Malcolm was uh, was upset <laughs> about. He's like, oh, black. No, this is a story about people experiencing shame. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. And that's the thing, because this. Remember, we watched another show. Um, uh, Damn, I can't remember what the name Don't was. Matter. But whatever it was, and I was thinking, is this there's no way that this is how life is, you know? Because it was white, the, the white group was like Firefly Lane or some stuff. Fire, like that. It's a Firefly, new show on Netflix. On Netflix. And I was like, what? And we're watching no, them, we're no, like, who are life. these people? <laughs> that, and, and we couldn't we figure could out whether play. it was because they are were they white. Right? Is it because they're white? Like, we don't know this culture? life? <laughs> exactly. But no, this right here is something that I believe is universal. Mm -hmm. And what he was talking about is universal. And what I want to say is that he must have, because he he does this so well, where he ex he exposes and tries to um, explain the shame that's behind mm. people who are who become addicts. And the thing is, you know, these people take on an extreme version. Part of that is probably genetic and all that other stuff, too, that makes them become addicts. But it's just a reaction to the shame that other people have as well. Yeah. And so the shame... They're here, trying to numb it. You're yes, trying to numb trying the to shame. you're trying to get rid of yeah. it. It's like, you know... The pain. And, and, and so when you feel this level of shame, and you said that it was um, your higher self. I don't know that it's your higher self. 
because it could be that this is not something that you even really care about if you think about it. Mm -hmm. That's why mindfulness is important because if you think about it, like society may give you a role that says, here's how you should be. And then you're like, damn, I'm not living up to that role as a society. And then when you really think about it, it's like, but do I actually really want to be this? And when you realize, no, this is not my value, that's when you drop it. Mm -hmm. It's when it is your value. This is what you said you wanted. This is what you... Like, you can say to yourself, I want you to see me this way, mm-hmm. but I don't really want to try to be this way. Then that's a frequent problem. Because if you want to, this is what you're saying, I want you to see me this way because that's who I say I am. But now you got to do the work in becoming it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and so that's why, for, that's why for me, it's like the shame is what keeps you back. Because when you start to feel the shame, as opposed to you saying, um, you know, all right, now let me start to be that way. You you now start to say, oh, my God, I've got to numb it. I've got to figure out how to transfer it to somebody else. I've got to figure out how to stop you from seeing me as who I am actually behaving like. Mm-hmm. I've got to do all these other things when, in fact, the first thing you need to be like, it's the same. I'm human. Yeah. That's quite okay. I'm, you know, not, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm it's not, grace. It's, giving yourself yeah, grace. Giving yourself. It's, yeah. it's quite okay. Yes, that is. In fact, if I did not recognize me as not being there yet, I could not actually take the step to get there. Right. So it's quite okay. Right. You know and also, saying? and also, what we don't do well is, you know, sometimes when our loved ones are trying to give us signals about how we're coming across, because we have our, there's so many blinders that we have about ourselves. Um, so if someone is saying, well, you know, sometimes you do come across as a little lazy, if that's something that, you don't want to be a lot of times what would make sense would be for us to say, huh, that's interesting. I guess I've never realized. Tell me more about that. How am I? Cause I don't want to be lazy, but a lot of times not only are we annoyed that you even feel that you this way, um, that you think I'm coming across lazy. Um, we can even live with that. You know, it's okay if you think I'm lazy. But the fact that now you're telling me and making me aware yeah. <laughs> that you think I'm lazy is problematic. Yep. You I just know? don't want you to think I, No, it's not even that. It's okay for you to think. I don't want you to tell me that you're thinking it. I don't want you to tell me. Because I think there are times when, you know, we may be okay with what our significant others thinks of us. Mm. You probably, you know, that you may be like, he probably thinks I'm the worst. But then the minute he says, you are the worst, now it becomes an issue. No, because, no, I think you, no, I don't think you think that. You hope that he doesn't think that, even if you may say it. Okay. But yeah, so the other um, concept that I thought they explored really well is just the nature of love. And I think that's what I was, yeah, go ahead. Can I go back to the thing? Sure. All right. So what you were saying is you think that the person already sees you um, this way. No, what she was saying is um, at one point she was making a point like um, the reason why you're not jealous is because you already have accepted me. That's when she was also talking about like you, what you said with the parents. The person who loves you, mm-hmm. once they love you, stop trying to to, to care or whatever. Like you, you, you start wanting them to just be there. Mm-hmm. She was saying like what the reason why she doesn't um, say these things like because there was a, a part in the show where he was just telling her all the all the 
bad stuff that he had done, bad stuff, quote-unquote, like all the, you know, his in, infidelities and mm-hmm. how he went to the CD motel and all this stuff. He was like, you know, I don't even, I would never say that to you. I don't even want, because I don't want to know them. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't want to know them is because I, you know, I, I value mystery. And the mystery is that I don't know whether or not I'm the best. I mm-hmm. want to try to be the best I'll, because I, you know, I don't know whether or not I'm, I'm completely there. And the reason um, I'm bringing that part out is because, you know, in your mind, I think, in her mind, but in, you know, the individual's mind, they are hoping, I think, I'm hoping that you see me as great. I don't want you to confirm. Even if in my mind I'm like, God, I think she, I think they may not love me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they may not truly love me, but I'm striving for them to love me. And if you say something that confirms it, that's when it becomes a problem because now it's like, it's not that um, I didn't think that there's a possibility of it. Now you just confirmed the thing that I've already feared mm-hmm. that you would um, have an issue with or the, the thing that I'm insecure about. Now you yeah. confirmed it. And now it's a problem for me. Now the mystery is not there. You've just told me that you think I'm terrible. Okay. I think this is great because it actually takes me to the topic that I wanted to speak about. And I felt the same thing, but from what Malcolm said, a similar thing that you said. Mm-hmm. And it was the concept of earning love. Meaning, um, I think we walk around, the, the, the only type of unconditional love, for the most part, that we are very familiar with is the one that our parents show us. And I think the reason why, well, for, for those who had parents in their lives, because I'm sure there are people. Or parents who showed them unconditional love. Or parents who showed them, yeah. So I don't want to speak um, blanketly. But I think in general, there are certain loves that we didn't have to earn. People just love you because you existed, you know? And I think that is the parent-child love, you know? And and I think the child feels it for the most part um, as they evolve because, you know, the parent is there from when the child knew nothing. You know, when they had to wipe their drools and, you know, wipe their bottoms and teach them the things that they knew. So I don't think the child feels a sense of insecurity, per se, around what I don't know. I need to position myself a certain way with my parents, at least, you know, in the formative years. They may get to a point where now you need to show that you've made it, where you start to position yourself with your parents. But for the most part, you understand, listen, at my worst, these people ain't got no other choice but to love me, you know? In fact, that's when they stay ready to demonstrate how well, how much they love you because they don't want to see you hurt. They don't want you to feel any sort of angst. They love you in spite of you, of all of your characteristics and beings and everything. That is the definition of true love because you're not having to earn some it. Parents. This is really a some parents. So there's a lot of parents who are like, uh, you ain't got no grades. Wait, that's true. Going. Especially Wait. even when you think about you, identity. You know, yeah. like some people mm-hmm. who are. I get it. I, I get playing. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I think, generally speaking, when we think about parents, you know, because a lot of parents would say, "I will jump in front of a car for my child." You know, so there's some deep love or bonds between parents and children. For them, I would say, for the most part. Um, but I think outside of that. Um, we occupy the space where we think we are earning the love of the people in our lives. And Malcolm really depicted this because he was like, 
you know, with Marie, when he went into his long story about how, you know, you've done this, you've been an alcoholic, I was there when I drove you here, and you've spent your whole being trying to justify or just trying to get a sense for what is it about me that you love? You know, like he was like, you spent so much time trying to basically, um, you know, just push against um, the notion of him, you loving me this much because, um, you know, she's trying to say, well, I'm this, I'm this bad, I'm all this other stuff, if you remember that um, exchange. And he was like, it just never occurs to you that in spite of all of these, like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have, I just love you. Like, you are not, I'm not trying to have you earn my love. I'm not trying to have you prove yourself to me when you're at your weakness, I love you. When weakest, I love you. When you're at your best, like, I just love you. So this um, idea that I'm going to see how how much you love me or if I say this, does this push you away or can you um, show me more of your love? Like, it's irrelevant to him because he was like, you just don't even understand. Like, this is who I, like, the, the whole package I'm here for, you know? And, and I think, you know, when we think about, I, I was trying to tie this to the concept of shame. Well, I don't want you thinking about me that way. And that also circles back to what I said in the beginning. People may say certain things about you, but they love you. If they truly love you, they love you regardless. I may notice that, oh, yeah, you're always late. But that has nothing to do with whether or not I'm going to stop loving you, right? Like the love is regardless of whether or not you're showing up on time or not. Now, we may need to work together to make sure that we can be on time to the next meeting so we don't miss a deal, you know, we can talk about that, but that it doesn't touch the the immense love that is reserved for you. Like criticism and love, two different spaces. They, they're, not, they're not occupying the same space. And I think a lot of times in our relationships, because we don't have deep connections in our relationships outside of the familial one, you know, because we don't have that, we don't show each other unconditional love. Our loves are very much predicated on well, what can I get from this person? I can be your friend, but I'm trying to see where you can take me or whatever. And we probably also extrapolate that same idea to, you know, romantic relationships where I think he's with me because I look good in a bathing suit or I'm with him because, you know, we could build something together as opposed to I'm just in love with your essence, you so, know? So a couple of thoughts about that for me. Um, the, the first is I don't think that I caught that. No, not, not, not that I caught that. I, I feel like I don't know that that is something that exists with us. So it does. It's not as resonant um, in a sense that Which part? the idea of um, conditional love, conditional love. Gotcha. Uh -huh. um, because because for me, like there are probably people who live in relationships who are in relationships where it's because, you know, you're providing financial security, you know, or not, not just even security. We're talking about like financial access, you know, um, you know, because I think every woman to a certain degree, well, you know, wants that financial security. Mm -hmm. Not every, but generally. Most human beings, yeah. Um, want some sort of security. So I see your point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, but, but, but so for me, for, for, for our relationship, I don't think there was ever a question in my mind that it was like, we are here for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, well, at least not in my mind. I don't know if it was in your mind that, you know, even though for me, it wasn't necessarily the issue of um, whether or not, um, you know, you're you're there for me completely. 
it was more of the idea that I want to be seen in a certain way by you. And mm-hmm. I may or may not want to do the work to be seen that way. Gotcha. Um, but so that's the that's the one thing, because those two things actually can exist. And I think that's what um, that's exactly what I was thinking, that, that line where she where he says, you know what, you can't imagine that I love you for you. Like for yeah. her, she wasn't sure. She was she specifically wasn't sure. There was mystery. She wasn't sure whether she was the best and all that other stuff. And part of that is because she wasn't um, sure that she she wasn't comfortable with her own self. She wasn't sure she was lovable. She wasn't sure she was lovable. Yeah. Because of what she had been through, and so she, you know, and and for her, I think that's what was um, at the root of her issue is that she wasn't sure she was lovable, and she was then continuing to. Um, you know, see things in, in, in a light that wasn't necessarily how you could needed to see things. Yeah. And that, to me, is the representation. Again, we talked about how you can find little nuances in, in every argument and then argue it forever. That, to me, is another point of this, of this um, story, is how all of it is partially true. What she was saying in her argument about, you know, you didn't thank me because A, B, and C is true, but it's also true, you know, that, you know, she probably was, you know, not necessarily pushing as hard as she could have. Um, And that's part of why he was like, you know what, I can't wait for you to push. I need to go do my masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like all of these things are partial truths to it. And the thing is, it doesn't matter what the partial truth is because it's about how you come. Mm-hmm. to the table and um you know and, and so if you're gonna f- um sit there and pick on the partial truths and also um sit there and be like well you here's a part that i don't like you thinking of me as and i'm going to focus on that like you know that's how you do yourself a disservice yeah um because there are so many different perspectives and the idea is you come at it from the perspective that is the most positive is going to be the most productive is going to help you get better, and therefore help the relationship get better. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. And I think Sam Levinson, who is the director and writer um, of this movie, was very right that this is not a love story. Because mm. typically you um, experience love stories as you know, just beautiful, romantic, mm. they unfold, happy endings. happy endings. And even if they do have conflict, it's you know, resolved in a meaningful way at the end. And but they're definitely not as cruel to each and other. And they're not as cruel to each right. other. But right. but when he said this is right. a, a story of love, I just think it's so beautiful and it permits different types of love to occupy that same space and, and still take on the definition of love, right? I'm not um, recommending toxic relationships at all. You know, but I, I do think it's important to understand that just because your love or the love journey you have with someone is not effortlessly unfolding in a fairy tale doesn't mean that there isn't deep love there. And sometimes you have to just try to tease out, you know, what's going. I know even at that when we were at our lowest, when we were the cruelest to each other and, you know, just doing the most. I never doubted that we loved each other. I never doubted your love for me. And I don't think you doubted my love for you. And I think that's what's important because I don't know that we understand just the very complicated nature of human 
relationships enough to, um, you know, be able to sort of see things for what they are. And sometimes when love is causing you deep pain, you know, we, um, you know, we want to run away from it as opposed to try to explore why is something that's meant to sort of be an asset to me now being turned into a weapon, right? And, you know, I'm, I, I, we, I need to understand that. And, and I don't think we do enough, um, we, we spend enough time trying to assess it. We, we just want the good for what it is. But I think love shows up in a lot of, I mean, the essence of life is love. And we see that in a lot of different forms, you know, human beings. I mean, we just see love portrayed in nature in a lot of different ways. And we should be um, able to understand that that is likely what will happen in our relationships as well. It's not always going to be this, this beautiful one-sided thing. You want to spend time in that space as much as possible, but sometimes when it's complicated, hopefully you've worked on yourself enough to see it for what it is and then be able to do the necessary work to dissect it and then get yourself and hopefully your partner can do the same thing so that you guys can get back on um, you know, that space, get back in that space of reconnecting. But it's complicated. It's not easy. Definitely. And, and um, there's no question about it that this is a love story. Um, a story I'm sorry, a story of love, yeah. not a love story. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that there are tons of people that can relate to this. Um, um, you know, I, 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 I can see, I can sense that a lot of people can feel the passion. The reason why a lot of people would remark on how good it it was it was and how the acting was is because you can relate like if you if you see somebody behaving in a way that doesn't seem like it's it's true then you know you're going to be like well I, I can't I this is done poorly you know like yes you've seen people who are um together and in the public eye they're like getting along and laughing because I, I mean a whole ton of people who would see our relationship would probably be like wait a minute y'all got to that level there's no way but the truth is that you know, a lot of other people can and can relate to the situation where it's me and you. I'm freaking. I've got a whole set of freaking issues with the world, work, whatever. I'm coming back. I'm frustrated. You're coming back. You're frustrated. We're bringing that together, and the clashes are happening with the one person you have to do that with. Mm-hmm. And because of so many things that you don't understand about your own issues, and so many things that she doesn't understand about her, or the other person doesn't understand about her issues. The clashes are happening, and a lot of people have been in situations where they know that passion has come out and existed. And so when we talk about toxic relationships, there is no question that it was toxic. The question is, when do you and should you leave? And from my perspective, you know, verbal abuse or mental or emotional abuse is very bad. But I would say, like, if it gets physical, that's definitely an issue that you probably need to um, part your ways from. But I also think that. If it doesn't um, get that bad, hopefully, if it is mental and, and, and verbal, like you need to seek some help if you really value that relationship. If there are m- many different areas where you guys do a good job and get along and, you know, this is a good person and you know it, um, you know, and there are ways that you can um, do better. Like with, as with everything, you got to work on it and get to the point where, you know, you can see what's at the root of all the issues that are happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the case with everything. And I think ultimately it, what we found is that it's always about working on yourself. Mm. 
Um, and, and when both partners can re realize that, that's when you can start making headway. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, this is good. I would recommend. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and watch this movie. Um, I love dialogue in general. Um, and anytime something is done so well and so dialogue heavy, I like to go back and sort of just assess it and pick up some of the things that I may have missed. So I'm gonna go back and watch it. But I thought it was really good. I know some of the points we wanted to make that we're not gonna get to here. Um, um, is you know one about your relationships propelling you. Um, either forward or it could sort of hold you back. So because love is not perfect, um, it's very, it's imperfect, but it can be beautiful. It also hurts. Um, so it's a delicate thing. But I think if you're able to find relationships or find yourself in a, a union that um, can be an asset to you, I think it can really push you forward. Um, of course, if it's not, done well and if you're fighting if it's toxic and it remains in that space of toxicity it can also hold you back so someday today some days today being what it is you know you definitely need to think about your relationships your mindset you know what you're working on with yourself to see what you need to do to continue to move forward as an individual um, but as well as in all of your initiatives so that's something that you really have to spend some time thinking about and it's not so easy as you know if you were to tell your friend and they're like oh please leave him he did what <laughs> you know that may not it may not be that easy you may need to really do some thinking about what's going on you know we seem to love each other but we are you know out here hurting each other so how can we really get back to a point where we can leverage this energy this beautiful energy in support of what we're looking to accomplish right and, and i would like to add if both partners that's that's the thing that i should have said if both of you appear, not appear, if both of you are genuinely trying to improve, that's probably where it is that you should stay. Like yeah. if, 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 for example, it's toxic and then you're trying to make it work, but he's like, I ain't even, I ain't. Like you, So if, if both partners appear to be trying to make it better, I think that's great. And then the next step is understand that it's yourself because. Yeah. I think it, it, it. I think when both parties start working on themselves, that's when you improve as a human. That that party improves as a human. Together, you're better to, as human beings together. And then, so the last piece I would say is, um, you know, it's not it's not going to be easy. Like the fact that you um, are starting to improve, you're going to have a whole bunch of issues in between. It's a constant process, as with everything else. You're growing, like. And if you're not growing, then that means you're dying. So you shouldn't be growing mm -hmm. anyways. That means, you know, and a lot of that happens through pain. No pain, no gain is not just about being in the um, in, in the wavelength. Like you got to go through it and have your metamorphosis and come out better every time. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful movie. I enjoyed it. I will go back and um, watch it and watch it again, like I said. But what I am happy to kind of see um, is that we are on the other side. <laughs> I think when you and I talked about it, we were like, oh, my God, that was um, <laughs> that was a lot. That was us. But thankfully, I feel like we're, we're so good. We're so good. So we definitely do not get into that type of shit anymore. I mean, I mean we, we still fight, but it 
doesn't last as long. No. We don't stay mad as like as long. We used to go weeks. Yeah. We were. <laughs> you, you but know, we're also not cutting each other. Because, yes, I mean. Yeah, we don't go oof. deep. We don't go deep. That, that, anyway. that, that's a lot. But thank God for progress. Thank God for progress. Should we say cheers to that? To that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Thank God. Really? <laughs> I don't I know. I think it's, it's worth it. No, listen. Seriously, we, probably, we might have to cut that. Some sappy shit. Alright, um, yeah, so thanks guys for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Um, please like, share, subscribe, um, and comment below because I really do want to get your thoughts on what you think about Malcolm and, and Dean. Um, and see if you if it resonates in any way. I mean, some people it may not resonate with at all. Um, so I am curious to see what your thoughts are. But um, let us know. Thanks again for watching some days today where we encourage you to do Epic, dope, dope as, as shit. shit. Every day.